greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production.
Hello and welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I am your host, JP. John Paz is, of course, a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire on the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast feed each and every week here on the Hogan Era Podcast. We are talking about the greatest era in the history of the business, the golden era of wrestling, 1984 to 1993 in the WWE. WF. Each and every week, we've been talking about a lot of the great feuds and legendary rivalries and great matches that the Hulkster has had in that illustrious time period, the greatest time period of all time. Hogan is, of course, the Babe Ruth of wrestling, the reason why we're all here. Who knows what would have happened, what would have changed in the business had Hulk Hogan not come along. Yes, there is all those great stars in the business that we've talked about on this episode before. The Macho Man Randy Savage, Andre the Giant, Rowdy Roddy Piper, King Kong Bundy, and so on and so on and so on. Hercules, Cowboy, Bob. I mean, we're going to go on and on and on about all these great legends and feuds that Hogan had. But all those guys are great with Hogan at the top of the pyramid, Hogan at the top of the helm, Hogan at the top of the heap. You can have those guys and they could be great. They can do great things, but they all fall into perfect alignment and perfect place when the Hulkster is at the top. So when Hulkster isn't there, you know, you could see maybe some floundering. Not really in 88 because he's still there and Savage is kind of the man. But you could see when Warriors champion, it's like, okay, everyone's not really in the right alignment here. You kind of got to get Hogan back up to the top. And Warrior's great, and he's a legend. I love the WrestleMania six match and the win, but he wasn't the world champion that Hogan was. He wasn't the star that Hogan was. I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to pass the torch. They were trying to go to the next level. Uh-uh. Ain't going to happen. Hogan is the man and they realized that and they kind of you know realize their mistake obviously wrestlemania 7 changes things and hogan beats slaughter and they kind of go on from there but there's so many other great hogan feuds going on and there's all, all this great stuff like the big boss man will be feuding with hogan and uh, akeem and and kamala and you I mean you got all these other matches and he's selling out everywhere and, and it's just the power of hulkamania it's the power of the wbf it's the power of the hulkster they are just kicking ass taking names selling merch and selling those tickets. Live events. I always talk about this each and every week. That is the money back then. Not TV rights. Not Saudi Arabia money. The fact that they can go to these live events. Sell out. And sell some merch. And really sell some tickets. That's how you made your money back then. And that's why Hogan worked so often. And you saw him all over the place. And that's why sometimes you saw the guys working twice a night. Especially Hogan. Intermission main event. Then the real main event at another town on the same night. Just kind of the way it went. And the way it was for the Hulkster. And this week, we're talking about, you know, speaking of Ultimate Warriors, talk, talking about Ultimate Warriors' greatest feud, his greatest rival, and a great rivalry with the Hulkster that didn't last as long as it should have. But, of course, that is Ravishing Rick Rude. Rick Rude started in the WWF in 1987, June 7th, 1987, in Sacramento, California, defeating Jose Estrada in a nice little house show at the Arco Arena out there. As he progresses through 1987, he has a bunch of matches against the legendary Dusty Wolf. And then he obviously wins all those matches. He beats Scott Casey. I mean, he's kind of just slowly, slowly coming along. You can tell, you know, they got him from world class. They've seen what he could do in other territories and JCP and so on and so forth. So they know what they have here. They know they have a star. They know they have somebody with just a tremendous look. No body fat. Looks like a million dollars. If he's walking on the street, this guy is somebody. Very hateable. Great heel. Obviously, you know, he looks like a million bucks. But he's that kind of the, the guy when you see him. And you're like, wow, who? I don't know who this guy is. But he's somebody. And I want to watch him on TV. And he's definitely 
going to be somebody. Like he's definitely a star in the making, but he has potential here in the WBF. As he kind of goes through, he beats Corporal Kirshner. He beats Lanny Poffo. He's beaten Jerry Allen. He's beaten Brady Boone, Tony Correa, SD Jones. I mean, kind of the Outback Jack, kind of the, the low card guys, but, you know, no, guys with name quality. And I know there may be some enhancement guys mixed in there, but, you know, these guys were mid carters to, to, um, you know, to, to put it nicely, I guess you could say, but they weren't, you know, huge names or, or just big time stars, but everybody recognizes them. They had a name. And when you beat them, you're beating somebody, but you're moving up the card. He then, of course, joins the Heenan family with Bobby the Brain Heenan. They actually have a great match in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada house show. 9-1-1987, King Harley Race and Rick Rude team up to defeat Billy Jack Haynes and Superstar. Billy Graham, that's a great one. Then there's a match in Brandon Burn Arena, East Rutherford, New Jersey, 9-11-1987. Rick Rude defeats then-tag team wrestler, part of the British Bulldogs, Davey Boy Smith. They have a house show feud going on with Paul Orndorff and Rick Rude. Rick Rude and Orndorff have a double count out in Detroit, Michigan, and Rick Rude gets a victory over him in Toronto, Ontario. About an eight-minute match there in the Maple Leaf Gardens. So as you know, he's kind of coming along, in 87 and starting to build himself up paul orndorff has the baby face is kind of like the big feud i mean they have the the double count out um i'm sorry uh they have a count out for paul orndorff beating rick rude and then when they go that's uh, i'm sorry i was correct so the double count that happens joe lewis arena in detroit michigan sorry about that and then they have a rematch at MSG and Rick Rude gets the victory over Paul Orndorff by count out. So they're kind of keeping both guys strong. Obviously MSG TV is, is seen by a lot of the Northeast market. They're kind of keeping both guys strong and keeping them both along. But as you kind of move along and they're kind of exchanging wins and losses back and forth, they have a house show in Augusta, Georgia, Paul Orndorff defeats Rick Rude there. Then they have a tag match in Montreal, Bam Bam Bigelow and Paul Orndorff defeat the Heenan family of Rick Rude and King Kong Bundy. So that's an interesting match there. Rick Rude, of course, defeats Hillbilly Jim, Gary Starr, Brady Boone before having a rematch in Toronto, Ontario, as Paul Orndorff defeats Rick Rude 11 1 1987 in a steel cage match. Good stuff there. They have a rematch at the Sam Houston Coliseum in Houston, Texas. Rick Rude defeats Orndorff there in about seven minutes. They have a rematch again at the Keel Auditorium. Rude is beating Orndorff there. They have a match at the Saddle Dome in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Rude beats Orndorff there. So it's a kind of this intermediary feud here. Lower on the scale, if you will. It's like a, a, a mid-card feud, but it's interesting because Paul Orndorff obviously was a big star. Rick Rude's a big star. They kind of were saying that Rude was the, the next Orndorff as far as the look, the ability, to be able to talk, kind of being that body guy. They were kind of going to put him in that, that next spot. They have a great match, and, and I'll get to this in, in a second here, part of a house show in Vancouver, British Columbia. Man, there is a, a big-time match, and just one of those things where it's like, wow, I can't believe what a, what a cool match that was. 11-10-1987, the Mega Powers, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and Jim Duggan defeat the Heenan family of King Harley Race, King Kong Bundy, and Rick Rude. Wow. What a great six-man. Random as hell, the Mega Powers against the Heenan family with little Jim Duggan sprinkled in. But that is some great stuff there. And that's the first time Hogan and Rude touch in the WBF. Then we go to Survivor Series 1987, Richfield Coliseum, Richfield, Ohio, the elimination match. Butch Reed and the Heenan family of Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, Rick Rude, 
and the one-man gang defeat Hulk Hogan, Bam Bam Bigelow, Don Morocco, Ken Patera, and the aforementioned Paul Orndorff in about 25 minutes, part of the main event of Survivor Series 1987. And of course, as you know, the winner of the match is Andre the Giant, eliminating, last eliminating, Bam Bam Bigelow as the continued feud with Hogan and Andre continued. But... Before that, you get a little bit of Hogan and Rick Root sprinkled in. I know he's a Heenan family. He's got to go through some of the Heenan family before he gets his, his mitts back on Andre the Giant to continue the feud. Great house show match. 12-12-1987, the Keel Auditorium in St. Louis, Missouri. Rick Root and Andre the Giant defeat a very rare team of Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. So that's pretty cool there. And then 1-9-1988, and this is a match I think a lot of people know, a lot of people are familiar with. Hulk Hogan defeats Rick Rude in about 12, million, 12 minutes on Nesson, part of the TV program in Boston, Massachusetts, at the Boston Garden. Pretty cool, and I always talk about it on the show, whether it be the Z Channel, whether it be Prism, whether it be the MSG Network, whether it be Nesson, you're basically getting local TV markets, quote-unquote house shows, but they're TV matches, so they're heightened. They're way better. You know, they're, they're obviously going to really excel. They're going to push storylines forward. They're going to do things that they won't normally do on house shows, but there is a house show style to it, but it's really great. I used, Obviously, being in New Jersey, used to have the MSG Network, used to record all the shows, watch all the shows. Those are awesome. I used to kind of be jealous that Nesson was getting some awesome matches too, and Prism is getting all these great matches, but now you can find them on YouTube, and literally the Nesson match is right there. So it's awesome stuff, and I can't believe that all this stuff's not on Peacock or wasn't on the network because you have all the Nesson shows. You have all the MSG shows. You have the Prism networks. You have the Z Channel stuff. Like, get that stuff on where everyone could see it because then you could see all these great Hulk Hogan matches that, quite frankly, weren't rated in the star ratings for God knows whatever reason because they were readily available to anybody that wanted to watch them. And they're great. I mean, we talked about Bad News Brown and Harley Race and, and Terry Funk having these awesome matches against Hogan. And you, sure, you can see some of them set a nice main event, but these great ones that are on the MSGs, the Nessons, and the Prisms are part of these house shows, quote-unquote, but really on TV, are available. Get them out there. Want to see it. And it really showed you how awesome Hulk was. He could have a good match with anybody, despite what you may hear, despite the crazy narrative that he couldn't. He's having a great match here with Rick Rude on Nesson. They have another match on 118 1988 PNE Coliseum in Vancouver, British Columbia, again, which was the site of the great six-man tag with the Mega Powers. Hogan defeats Rick Root here. And then really kind of the last time they touch is Royal Rumble 1990 as Hulk Hogan wins that pay-per-view main event in the Orlando Arena in Orlando, Florida, last eliminating Mr. Perfect. But before that, he eliminated ravishing rick rude which so it's a nice little tease there that perfect may win you know continue his perfect streak even though really it really kind of would uh you know not be a one-on-one -on -one match and he would lose that streak unfortunately to to Bruce beefcake later on but still he kind of ends his perfect streak of, of not winning every match he's in rick rude's the third to last guy obviously rude and henning have history they're buddies they're friends you think they're gonna team up and they're gonna beat a polkster and then turn on each other for the for the final victory but Hogan one-ups them both, and Hogan gets the win. So it's not too many matches with Hogan and Rude, but it's just such a good little feud there. They had a bunch of big matches. Obviously, the Nesson match is very big. There was much talk and much rumor and much ballyhoo about Hogan and Rude having a longer feud and having more matches. But it kind of wasn't in the cards because Rude was very busy with the Ultimate Warrior. For I mean, they had a, a feud for basically a year. I mean, they had, obviously, WrestleMania Five, or Rick Rude defeats Ultimate Warrior for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Then 
SummerSlam 89. Ultimate Warrior defeats Rick Rude for the Intercontinental Championship, gets it back, but they kind of continue the feud and it's still going. Then when Ultimate Warrior wins the world title, Rick Rude is a challenger and Ultimate Warrior defeats Rick Rude in a good match, damn good match, in a steel cage at SummerSlam 1990. So they, they feuded for about a year and a half, maybe even longer than that, and that was a great feud, and that's kind of where Rude was for whatever reason. He would become a world champion in WCW. I know for some reason people were like, oh, you know, putting him on their list of great wrestlers and never won the world title well that's not true because rick rude was a world champion in wcw the international champion which was the nwa title but they changed it over because they no longer had rights to the nwa as wcw broke away from it so yes he was a world champion and you can take him off that silly list because he's not one of the guys that never won the title he was a world champion a few times in wcw so shame he wasn't in the wbf and almost surprisingly that he wasn't a world champion in WWF because I could definitely see him being a champion, even if it was a short run where he beats Warrior just like they did at, at, at with the IC title at WrestleMania Five, and then Warrior wins back. I wouldn't even mind that, but I feel like Rude definitely, definitely deserving of being a world champion and definitely deserving of having a longer run and a longer feud with the Hulkster. I'm actually kind of surprised that they didn't because it was so much money, but. When you're entangled with the Ultimate Warrior, who they're trying to make a star, who they're trying to make the next big guy, you need a worker to kind of work with him and work him through. And, you know, who is that guy? Who's going to do it? I mean, you had DiBiase do it for a little bit, but really the main guy to kind of make Warrior into the main eventer and put him into the next level was Ravishing Recruit. He was that guy that they relied on, and he was so important, so vital. Like, hey, who's going to be the next Hulk Hogan? Okay. We got it. It's Ultimate Warrior. He's going to squash Honky Tonk Man and win the Intercontinental title at MSG at SummerSlam 88. Okay. Then we're obviously going to build him up, and we're going to build him up. He's going to have a little bump in the road. He's going to lose to Rick Rude at WrestleMania, but he's going to win it back at SummerSlam. But we're going to continue on this great feud because Rude is believable as a main eventer and an ass-kicking heel, and he's awesome. And he's going to be kind of the guy who actually can teach Warrior how to work and elevate him both on screen and behind the screens where he's saying, I can teach you how to work, do this, do that, and really show him how to be that main eventer. They relied very, very heavily on ravishing Rick Rude to do that and, and to be that guy. So he got Ultimate Warrior ready for the main event. Ultimate Warrior, of course, would then beat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania six in 1990. Then, after Warrior wins the title, he feuds with Rude again. Eventually, I mean, he has DiBiase and a few other feuds in between. But really, the end game was SummerSlam '90 and a big feud with the ravishing one, Rick Rude, which was great because he cut the hair and he, you know, he always had the long locks and and all that great stuff, cutting those great promos making fun of everybody in the town, making fun of the fat people in the crowd. But when he cut his hair, I was like, well, okay, now he means business. Now he's the main event recruit. Like, I really, really thought that was a great, great look for him to kind of cut that hair and kind of change it up a little bit. It's funny when Rick Rude is, is in, in the Heenan family and he's got Bobby Heenan because think about it. Like, does he really need a manager? Does he really need somebody to cut promos? It was just really another way to kind of get Heenan another guy and kind of elevate almost Heenan a little bit too. Because, and I know you elevate Rude by being with Heenan, of course, too. I realize that. But it's one of the things where he doesn't need help with his promos. He doesn't really need a manager. He probably shouldn't have a manager. But it added to the presentation. And obviously, Heenan can help Rude cheat and be Warrior and give guys outs like that where he can get victories and still be a heel and still cheat to win. So to me, and I know Rude has mentioned this before on, on old interviews, and stuff, but he never felt like he needed Heenan and really didn't think he was justified with Heenan and he even said him and Rude really never really kind of got along 
uh, as well as they could have because Rude felt like he didn't need Bobby the Brain and he could have just been the heel on his own and stand on his own two feet. It works kind of both ways. I mean, I could see both the points of the WWF wanting he needs to be his manager and Rick Rude really not needing a manager. He because he definitely, definitely, really he he doesn't. So I mentioned the SummerSlam 1990 steel cage match. Mr. Perfect and Rick Rude had a bunch of tag matches leading up to that against the Texas Tornado and the Ultimate Warrior. Man, that just sounds awesome. And if I could somehow find those house show matches or somebody has film of that, I would love to see those matches because that, that just sounds awesome. And they're in Miami, San Antonio, Minneapolis, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Toronto, Long Island, I mean, all these matches, Texas Tornado and the Warrior defeat the Heenan family of Perfect and Rude. And really... I mean, those are the the two big feuds of both guys. There, I mean, so that's cool. They even have a match at Providence, Rhode Island, against each other. Um, Atlanta, Georgia, Jackson, Mississippi, Augusta, Georgia. I mean, they had matches everywhere. Very, very cool stuff. But leading up to the SummerSlam match, where I mentioned where Warrior beats Rude, they basically have matches, which is crazy to think. Like, okay, like when does the match start? When does it end? When, like, when is it going to culminate? They really kind of start the feud. After Big Boss Man and Rick Rude have a bunch of steel cage matches where Boss Man beats Rude in Indiana and Auburn Hills. Then, of course, you go to WrestleMania 6 where Rick Rude defeats Jimmy Snuka in four minutes. Then, immediately after, they start a big house show feud on 4-4-1990 with Warrior defeating Rude. And they literally, from April all the way till august we'll have all these matches so that is his his main house show feud is rick rude and you know he's beating rick rude everywhere fresno sacramento portland british columbia uh, vancouver british columbia fort wayne indiana los angeles california oakland honolulu hawaii i mean they're just fighting everywhere for months so it's pretty cool and then obviously those tag matches i mentioned are mixed in too but it's pretty cool it's like wow they immediately wanted to keep warrior strong and make sure he's the world champ so they immediately start the program with rick rude who then obviously like i mentioned cuts his hair and he gets the SummerSlam 1990 heat returns main event philly spectrum in philly pa warrior defeats rick rude in about 10 minutes retaining the title they continue on and have a little bit of a feud in london ontario and orlando florida where of course warrior wins both those matches as well the last match together that they had was 9-9-1990 so from april till september of 1990 they had a defeat over the wbf title and of course from basically january of 89 till the summer of 89 SummerSlam 89 warrior was shooting with rick root over the intercontinental title so those two were married at the hip for you know i said a year and a half but it's really two years pretty pretty remarkable but as root kind of ended his run he felt like you know his time has passed he was done with the wbf things weren't kind of going his way he probably thought he should have been world champion which he probably should have been he kind of uh, decides to be uh, done with with the Fed. His last match is a house show match at the Brendan Byrne Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. 10-26-1990, he loses to the big boss man. Of course, he'd come back and be the insurance policy for Shawn Michaels and a member of DX before leaving after the Montreal Screwjob to go back to WCW. And like I mentioned, a two-tet former WCW international champion, which is a world heavyweight title so really the hulk feud with rude was short and sweet i wish it was longer um you know maybe it could have been longer maybe, maybe it should have been longer but um i feel like he had other pressing issues like a big feud with the ultimate warrior 
But that's it for this week. I want to head on to the plugs. You follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com and of course Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire for more, including Kevin Sullivan, Dirty Dutch Mantel, Dr. Tom Pritchard, Talking Tough with Rick Bassman. You get Pro Wrestling 101 with Justin Credible and Ben Hameen. So much stuff on there. It's almost too much content over on the Patreon. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next week for the Hogan Era Podcast. I'll see you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. with a one-hour time limit, and is for the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Soon to be making his way to the ring area is the challenger, accompanied by his manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan, from Robbinsdale, Minnesota, weighing 250 pounds, ravishing Rick Rude. Ravaging Rick is something. Bobby the Brain Heenan has got Ravaging Rick Root in the best condition of his life, Gorilla. Well, that remains to be seen. He's going to have a few words for Ravaging here in a moment. He's got the mic in his hand. He's waiting for a little quiet. Well, are you going to say anything or not? Why don't you give him your megaphone? I'd like to give him a megaphone, but he doesn't need my megaphone. These stupid people out here are booing him and screaming and yelling, and Ravishing Rick Rude wants their undivided attention, Gorilla. Well, what I'd like to have is for all you fat, ugly little boys to keep the noise down while I strike a pose and show your ladies what simply Ravishing really is. Boy, he really knows how to get the fans on his side, doesn't he? They love him, man. They love Rick Ravage and Rick Roos. Got a tremendous fatigue, no question about that. Were they throwing at you, Gorilla? No, I think they were throwing at you. And his opponent, from Venice Beach, California, weighing 302 pounds, the world
Not once, but three times. And Root shot off a leg. Look at that. There's power. Pure power. I think Heenan bit off a little bit more than he could chew. Look, where's the referee? Hulk Hogan's got Rick Root's hair. He's hit him three times with his fist. Why don't the referee step in, Gorilla? He's a guy in the blue shirt. Uh-huh. Guy in the blue shirt with a little black bow tie. That's, that's the referee. Scooped him off, atomic drop, and ravishing right out of. Look at the brain. He's up on the apron. And he gets down. What a cheap shot. What a cheap shot, Gorilla. What was he doing up on the apron? He had no business up there. He was trying to tell the referee to step in and do something. Poor Bobby, poor Bobby. Yeah, poor I can't Bobby. This. Being consoled now by Ravishing Rick. Both of them have taken a beating so far in this one. Look at Bobby, he's got a big knot on his head from the champion and hit him. He's got his fingers all smashed up, man. Well, good, it serves him right. Listen, it starts as a low rumble, Hogan, and it builds to a crescendo that's deafening here in Boston. Well, this one's lasted longer than I thought it would to begin with. Never underestimate Bobby the Brain Heenan and Ravishing Rick Rude, Gorilla. Well, it's pretty tough because Ravishing Rick, I don't care what kind of body you've got, he's given away about 100 pounds to the champion, and you just can't do that. Four or five big roundhouse rights in a row, and Root in trouble again. Not a hookster going to work on that left arm and shoulder. Reversal by Root. Oh, handful of hair takes the champion down. But he's up again in a hurry. Look at Rude, baby. I know what he's doing. Rick had him broke a sweat yet, Gorilla. He's just trying to wear the champion down, baby, before he makes his move. Well, maybe so. He's very lean. Not an ounce of extra fat on the body of Ravishing Rick Rude. It's like I said before, Bobby the Brain Healer's got Rick Rude in the best shape of his life, the best condition of his life. Look at poor Bobby's hands. are all bruised and smashed from where the champion stomped on him. Yeah, my heart's bleeding now. Haven't seen too much of the Heart Foundation lately. Well, let me the just, Anvil. Let the me just say this. We've got a big surprise for the whole wrestling world. Oh. Of course they're not hiding. You know they're not. Right. You know, that's what I'd like one day as Hulk Hogan against my main man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, the Honky Tonk Man. Title versus title. That's what I'd like now to I see someday. I'd buy a ticket for that. Yeah. Yeah, as long as we can keep you and Peggy Sue out of the ringside, it might be a fair match. Hulkster makes it back to his feet. Rude went for another handful of hair, but the Hulkster beat him to it. Three big roundhouse. What kind of champion is this? He's using the hair. He's using the fist. Suplex nailed him. Hulkster off the ropes. Elbow drop, but Rude long gone. now dropping some fists right to the back of the neck of the champion. 
got determination, I'll give that. Well, he's ready to make his move. He's making his move right now. So look, he's barely broke a sweat, baby. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to wear the champion down, Gorilla. Well, I've seen a lot of guys go inside that squared circle with that same theory in mind, wear down the holster and then put him away. And no one has been successful yet. Block attempt. And it's Rude who goes face first. He used the hair once again. Holster going outside. He wants the weasel. Poor Bobby. Bobby didn't do anything. It's Weasel hunting time here in Beantown. The Weasel, oh, look at that. He won the foot race, and as the champion came in under the bottom rope, he ran right into an avalanche. On the part of Ravishing Rick, the action has gone to the floor here now. Referees counting both parties. A chair by Ravishing Rick. The champion is definitely in trouble now, Daddy. He's in trouble. Look out. Oh, right in the head. Referee never saw the chair in the ring. Could be all over here. Look at this. No foot on the ropes. Hulkster, with ring presence, realizing he was close in desperation, shot that foot over that bottom rope. You know, I love this tight match, Gorilla. Bobby the Brain, Hinton, and Ravage, and Rick Rude. They're pulling out all the stops, baby, because they know that Hulk Hogan probably is the greatest heavyweight champion of all time, Daddy. Chad going out from this capacity crowd. Hogan, he's trying to make it to his feet. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he's not busted wide open. Took that chair right between the eyes. You know, if Rick Rude could get him up in the Rick Rude backbreaker, it would definitely be all over for the champ. Well, maybe so. I don't know whether he has that kind of body strength or not. You can, take it, you can take it to the bank, Gorilla. He's got it. You can bank on it, baby. He's been a long time for this match, and he's ready for it. Putting the pressure on the carotid artery here, cutting the flow of blood to the brain of the champion. This will put the lights out for you in a hurry. Started with a reverse chin lock, but now it's sort of a half a Japanese sleeper. And the champ looking a little bit worse for the wear. He is in trouble, baby. You can bank on it. The champ is definitely in trouble. Crowd here in Beantown stunned over these happenings. Holster just fading here. Trying to get to his feet, but unable to. Referee's going to be checking his arm here in a minute. There he goes. If that thing drops three times, this one is history. He's out of it, baby. It's going to be history. Oh, two only. Look at the look on the face of the champion. Hulkster to his feet, an elbow downstairs. And another one. A third one makes it break the hole. Look out. Solo lock. Dropped out by Rue, the champion, over the top. Ducks underneath. Whoa, got caught. Nice reverse pressure kick by the challenger. 
There's the backbreaker. He got him up there. It's it. He's got him. It's over. It's over. Hulk shaking his head no. He says yes. He says yes. He's shaking his head no. He says yes. I can hear him. It's over. That's Look at, it. Oh, the referee hasn't motioned anything here. I can hear him from here. He said yes. What do you mean? He said I quit. I can't. He was shaking. Get out of here, Brad. That's it. for the bell yet. I heard him. He said he quit. He gave up. It's a new world champion, Gorilla. He did not. Valentin on a tough turnbuckle. Bombs away. What a ripoff. He won it, baby. I'm telling you, he gave up. I heard him say it myself, Gorilla. I didn't hear. How could you hear anything with 20,000 people screaming? You got a headset on. Couldn't you see him shaking his head? No. Flowing through the body of the champion. He appears to be impervious to pain right now. Look at this. Rick Rude is in serious trouble now, Gorilla. Serious trouble. The Hulkster's on fire. Rude backing up, but no place to hide. Champion unloading. Irish whipping the golf. Follow him right here. What a shot. But he's not out. Rick Rude is not out. A lot of men would have gone completely out with that gorilla. Champion off Bobby DeBrain made a move for his leg, but couldn't touch him. He dropped the leg. It's over. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. They're on their feet here. 20,000 plus in the Boston Garden as the gold will go back into the hands of the Hulkster. Bobby DeBrain hated Screaming at the timekeeper. Let's get the official word. The winner of this bout and still World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion.
dropping money down onto the body of the Hulkster. Look how humiliating to the champion. Look at him, baby. Look at the champ. <laughs> oh, now just coming up, his head coming off the canvas. Knocked unconscious by a tremendous shot with a belt right in the kisser. Look at that. The blood just pouring out. Three referees inside the ring right now. We may need more than that to get the Hulkster out of here. I wouldn't even attempt to move him. He could have a serious concussion. You see, that's what he gets from showing off, though, you see? Wanting all the people to cheer and scream over the... Look at that, man. What business did DiBiase have at the ring, Jimmy Hart? man like i said before maybe dbrc thinks he's the greatest uh, world heavyweight champion of all time if he ever gets a shot for this world championship belt maybe that's what he thinks how do you know i don't know what goes through your mind or what goes through the mind of virgil or the million dollar man but i do know what goes through the mind of that man well you can bank on this everybody in the world wrestling federation wants a shot at that world heavyweight championship belt and they'll do anything to get it and you just proved it right there daddy hulkster unable to make it to his feet He's trying. There he is. He's up now, but he can't stay up. He needs to get to a hospital immediately. Hulkster, relatively, well, I thought he had a relatively easy evening after he got by the backbreaker of Ravaging Rick. Look at all the Hulkamaniacs, they're in shock, they're dazed, baby. They've never seen their champ carried out like this before. No, absolutely not. This is a stunning thing that's happened. This is despicable, this is unnecessary. Sooner or later, somewhere down the road, Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man and Virgil, are gonna have to pay and pay dearly for this. We'll be back. 